upgrades. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grades, grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. Golden Knights swept the Sharks in a uh, two-game set over the weekend. They play the Minnesota Wild tonight. 5 p.m. start on the road. Uh, but for grades, the first topic is the downtown Fairmont Hotel in San Jose. ACF. A-C-F. Incomplete. <laughs> the worst teacher ever. Okay. So here we go. It's a C- because they don't give out fair amount points, I don't think. So oh, oh, anyone yeah. who doesn't give out points is an average hotel. It's an F because how can you claim bankruptcy and kick people out in the same day? Like, obviously, this whole bankruptcy thing was way before the Knights got there. They didn't like the side at 8 o'clock. We don't have any money left. Let's get those guys the hell out of here because at 8.15, we might have to, like, right. keep them another night and pay the staff to, like, help out with the rooms and stuff. Right, it's that's what I a. didn't understand. That just, just, yeah, to, I mean, to cut you off before a, you get the A here. Yeah. What bankrupt? That's not how bankruptcy works. It's like they no. don't just walk in one day and say, "Ah, we don't have enough no. money today. We'll exactly. declare bankrupt." There's a little bit of a process behind this. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they probably knew months in advance. Then why why take the reservations from the NHL <laughs> if you know you're shutting it down? Now, last bit of they get an A pass because there's no better visual than them knocking on and i'm hoping that he was on the road trip george mcphee's door and saying listen <laughs> someone said you're in charge of these guys you need to get the hell out of here because we've shut down and we are now bankrupt like i don't know if he goes on every road trip but if you're asking me one road trip i want that guy on it's this one so they're knocking at his door and saying you better get call the play call all your guys you need to get out of here in like 20 minutes like a, a fire alarm's going off I'd love to see that look on his face when they say you need to move now because we're bankrupt. Can we hope Foley was staying at the Fairbond Hotel as well? Well, Foley's kind of an army guy, so he'd be upset, but he'd like get them all in a drill sergeant form and they'd be marching out like a tennis. Like McPhee, it would just drive that guy because he would be thinking, wait a minute, we getting enough sleep for the game? We can't be tired for the Sharks. It might be our rival. We can't be, we got to be ready for the game. Like that stuff would go through his head. Foley would just like start ordering people around. They'd get in file, you know, a top file line and like march out to their new hotel down the street carrying all their stuff. But McPhee, you tell that guy you got to be out in ten minutes. Oh, it, it, that's why you get the A plus pass. Um, one Fairmont detail on this. definitely does have points. By the way, I've googled it. <laughs> it does. Okay. So now um, that becomes an ABF. Oh Jesus. <laughs> so one of the the. the interesting points about this season is the nhl every city has a designated hotel that the road right. team stays in and that was that was this one the fairmont hotel in downtown san jose that's where every well every team would have stayed if they didn't declare bankruptcy suddenly in the middle of the night but like how of all the hotels to go bankrupt how did the one that got to deal with all the nhl teams go bankrupt yeah i'd be like they're they're the ones that have the consistent customer base during yeah the i mean I'm, right? that, that that's a consistent cash flow so and you know you know you're feeding these guys right i mean they're not i don't think they 
don't think they go out to dinner anymore, right? I mean, they eat at the hotel. They have to eat at the hotel. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I'll give out one grade on this. I will give an A minus. A minus. To Nick Holden, because when Nick Holden was asked about this, uh, he said it sucked for the employees because they found out the same way the Golden Knights found out, which was, oh, hey, geez. we declared bankruptcy today, so <laughs> get the hell out. So That's like Nick the Holden. best kept secret in the history of the Fairmont. Like, <laughs> Only like one dude knew, you know, we're, we're closed tomorrow. I shouldn't tell anyone until, until t they get to work tomorrow uh, that we've gone bankrupt and we're closing down. So Nick uh, Holden gets an A- minus for that. He would have gotten an A- plus if he had said, it sucked the employees found out the same way we found out that Oscar Lindbergh got traded away. Yeah. yeah. Now, before you go to the next one, are you surprised? And I, I don't know who answered this, but someone answered on the Zoom I think Ben Goetz wrote, uh, asked a great question of, like, who packs the fastest? And they said, like, Alec Martinez takes nothing except, like, T-shirts and shorts, so that guy's out right away. But they said Tuck and Reeves last the longest because they pack their video game stuff. If you would have, if I would have told you beforehand there are guys on that team with video games, would those have been the two you would have picked? Uh, Tuck, absolutely. Ryan Reeves? Maybe not. He's one of the older players on the team, so maybe yeah. not, but it's not. I mean, when you talk about old players, it's still like, oh, he's in his mid-30s, so he's still right. in, in, in that age range. So Tuck, I think, definitely would have been high on that list. Reeves, probably not as high, but I think Tuck would have been one of the first three or four you guess. I mean, is it crazy? I would have gone with Tuck and Cody Glass. Yeah, Glass would have been a good one to guess, too. Next topic. Ryan Reeves' fight with Curtis Gabriel. Oh, gosh, you know how I feel about these hockey fights. Just, I don't know. Just I, I, You know what? It's, it's my jersey grade. C plus minus pass. C <laughs> plus what? minus pass. Incomplete I mean, it's just, again, check. Fail. I, I, I mean, they kind of look at each other. The only thing that's kind of funny is when they chuck their sticks down and they just start throwing off equipment. Like, that's kind of funny when they like, and it's like, just drop the gloves. They throw their gloves like a, like like 40 feet across the ice. Just drop it. Nobody cares about that. And then once they once they get a hold of each other's collars, you and I have talked about this, you get a few swings in and it's over. There's not, there's just not much to it in my, my I, I like the throw of the gloves far more than I like the fights. Um, what is, what I think we need to start doing is every time Ryan Reeves fight is uh, break down the amount of seconds that they actually fight. Versus the yeah. amount of seconds they square each other up and just yes. stare at each other. Yeah. Because yeah. every Ryan Reeves fight, he just stares at the guy from like 10 feet away yeah. for almost longer than the fight. This one, 14 seconds of them just staring at each other. Yeah. 24 seconds of actual fighting. Yeah. So the just staring at each other is almost longer than the actual fight. But I'm going to give you a grade on uh, narratives. Because there's two narratives that annoy me about this type of fight. One that Ryan Reeves is protecting Alex Tuck because Curtis Gabriel hit Alex Tuck in the second period. Tuck was hurt, and Ryan Reeves had to make him pay. So they fought to yeah. start the third period. The whole point of Ryan Reeves is to be a deterrent, but a deterrent is only effective if he prevents the hit from ever happening. Like, other teams are supposed to be afraid to hurt Golden Knights players because they have to answer to Ryan Reeves. If the player still gets hurt and then Reeves fights him, 
that's not an effective deterrent. You still got the hurt player. Now, Tuck came back. It wasn't a serious injury. So right. that, I hate that narrative. The other narrative is that Ryan Reeves' fight pumped up the Golden Knights, and Alex Tuck and Pete DeBoer both said it afterwards. Now, they did score the next goal to go up 4-2, but then they promptly blew the 4-2 lead. So if that fight was supposed to pump them up, it didn't work because they blew a two-goal lead in the third period, so the fight gets an F. I mean, F. I... Is it is it wrong to say that it's more perceived notion that hockey guys are these tough fighting guys? It's just like I can think of other like I can think of other professional athletes. I'm like that guy would take that guy. I mean these, these there's dudes who and I'm not even talking about like boxing or, or MMA. It's just I don't know. I, I just think I, I more hockey fights than most. I laugh instead of think it's like anything great fight. Like I, I don't go wide. Oh boy, that was great because like you said, they're over so fast. Yeah, I will judge hockey's players as actual fighters when I see them fight not on skates. I will give them the right. benefit of the doubt that that is a very hard thing to do. Next topic, Oscar Dansk. Oh, man. It's a tough one, but boy, he won the game. But you and I are going to talk about the same goal he gave up. So <laughs> I'm going to say D plus minus. D plus minus. Because... I know he hadn't played in forever. I got that. Um, But let's be honest. I mean, the fourth, it's the fourth goal. I'm sorry, you and I stop. And uh, I've never had goalie equipment on in my life. But um, so I don't think he can get a pass. And plus, you know, he's playing on a really good team who, you know, they gave him four and then they scored in overtime. So I would have probably gone a lot higher grade, but I just can't get that last goal out of my head. I will give him a C. Um, See. Even with that, even with that last goal fact, because that last goal is terrible. one of the most hilarious goals the Seas <laughs> team give up. Um, but the reason he gets a C is because Oscar Dance did exactly what you're asking Oscar Dance to do and give you a performance that gives the Golden Knights a chance to win. Because the Golden Knights should be able to beat a team like San Jose, even if they have below average goaltending. So just be good enough. Don't be terrible. Don't be the worst goalie in the history of hockey, even though on that one attempt, he kind of did look like one. But just give the Golden Knights a chance to win, and there's a good chance they will, and they actually did in this one. So right. you get to see for me. The coaching staff, right. they get an A+, because they finally played somebody not named yeah. Flurry. Well, exactly. They finally gave Flurry a game off. Um, and I'll say this. They play the Wild tonight and Wednesday. They play St. Louis on Friday and Saturday. Those are good teams. Flurry should not play all four. They've got to they sit them no. for at least one of those four. Somewhere you, in there, they got to sit them. They got to yeah. say, it's fine if we lose to St. Louis with Oscar Dansk. We can't play Flurry every game. I mean, you can't. I'm sorry. I, I think the rest of the way, they're probably, well, I mean, let's say at worst, they're going to finish second, but I think they're going to win the division. Why in the world would anyone be playing back-to-backs in the in goal? I mean, not. I'm talking about, like, the rest of the way. I'm yeah. not even talking about the I No, you should not. They're, they're in the playoffs, and they'll probably win the division. There's no chance anyone should be even when you know when Leonard comes back. They're not, you know you wouldn't do that. But even with Danks, Flurry should put it this way: Flurry, if he's your guy for the playoffs, should never play back to back again in the regular season. That would make no sense. All right, last topic to grade is uh, Mark Stone did not play in the third period of the game on Saturday, and Pete DeBoer said it was more precautionary than anything else. A plus check pass. A plus check pass. Okay, you're playing the team that I think Mr. Rivalry, they're like 21-1 and one against, which, you know, that's 
Like it's, it's, it's like it's like who's more dominant, them or San Diego State against UNLV hoops? I don't know which one, but like they're all like twenty-one <laughs> and one against each other. So the fact that you didn't bring this guy back, like your best player, and Tuck's playing that well anyway, so you just double shift Tuck. I mean, yeah, I mean, why, why in the world? I don't, even if it's not precautionary, and the guy's like. You know, I, I didn't get much sleep because they kicked us out of the Fairmont Hotel last night. I'm kind of tired. I wouldn't have put the guy back in for any reason. Come on, they're not losing that game. It is exact same logic here. It's an A plus for the Golden Knights because they looked at that and said, there's no chance we're blowing this lead to the Sharks. We're playing the Sharks. They suck. Mark Stone, ah, you're good. We don't need you to win this one anymore. Go sit oh. this one out. Marc-Andre Fleury's not going to whiff on a puck that's going into no. his own net and give up a game-tying goal. So, an ab- absolutely the, uh, great logic. What happened to the Brent Burns guy? I think he was like minus 46 for the series. What's happened to that guy? The, hey, he scored in their their comeback to tie the game 4-4. He's, I thought, yeah, I think he was a minus four. In the, the other night. He, and remember, oh, let me ask this. Remember when Eric Carlson, the huge deal where the, was the Knights were going to get Eric Carlson, everyone wanted him? You think they look back and say, oh, thank goodness we didn't go down that road. Yes. I mean, that guy's hurt all the time. He's got major issues, that guy. And they were reportedly kind of close to trading for Eric Carlson at one point, too. So that is absolutely one you look back and say, oh, they missed that one. Now, we might be saying the same thing pretty soon about Alex Petrangelo if Alex Petrangelo doesn't start producing a little bit more offensively. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into Bischoff's briefs because I'm here to fix all of the Mountain West problems. Bischoff's briefs. We we take a lot of pride in being very analytical here. Um, we use a lot of statistical data, tendencies. Bischoff's briefs. Got a lot of respect for the percentages of blitz on second and one to six, third and five to ten. Bischoff's briefs. We take analytics as far as we can, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of human error that I continually make. Bischoff's briefs. I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hotwire. Today's Bischoff's briefs are absolutely going to be one where Ed mutes himself and never comes back. Because I have a new tiebreaker for Mountain West. Hello? Eating. <laughs> so, Ed, Ed, let's just both leave and see if Tyler notices. <laughs> so... This almost played out with UNLV and Fresno State. Had both of those teams won on Saturday, this situation would have played out. But in the Mountain West uh, for basketball, the way their tiebreaker works when you have two teams that finish tied at the end of the year in the standings, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. So if two teams finish at 8-8 eight and eight, or 9-9 nine and nine, and they one team went 2-0 and oh against the other in the regular season – that team gets the higher seed in the Mountain West tournament. That's the first tiebreaker. But like UNLV and Fresno State, a lot of the times teams that finish tied split their regular season series. The next tiebreaker the Mountain West goes to, and they're not the only conference that does this, but the next tiebreaker they go to is kind of stupid. Because what you do is you take UNLV and Fresno State, you go to the top of the standings, and you compare how did these two teams do against the best team in the conference. And if neither one did anything better than the other, you go down to the second place team, then the third place team, and you keep going until the tie is broken. So the way that would have worked out this year if UNLV and Fresno State had actually finished tied, 
they would have gone and compared, okay, how did UNLV and Fresno State do against San Diego State? Well, they both went 0-2. Okay, so the two seed was Utah State. How'd they do against Utah State? Oh, they both went 1-1. Okay, that doesn't help us either. Well, how'd they do against the three seed Colorado State? Oh, they both went 0-2. Oh, that doesn't help us either. Well, how'd they do against the four seed? UNLV went 0-2. Fresno State went 1-1 against Boise State. So Fresno State would have won the tiebreaker over UNLV because they beat Boise State once and UNLV went 0-2 against Boise State. That's how tiebreakers get decided. Now, that sounds extremely stupid to me because, A, it's extremely complicated, and who cares that two teams that have the same record, we are comparing a random game against Boise State to determine who gets the higher seed in the conference tournament? It all sounds dumb. So, the better way to do this is aggregate points. If two teams finish tied in the regular season and they split their head-to-head matchup, we shouldn't be going to random other games in Mountain West play to figure this out. Just stay with the head-to-head matchup, and whoever scored the most points in that head-to-head matchup over their two games wins the tiebreaker. So this year, UNLV and Fresno State split the series one-to-one. UNLV beat Fresno State by one point. Fresno State beat UNLV by three points. So Fresno State would get the tiebreaker because they scored more points in the two-game series with UNLV than UNLV does. It's not something that's going to come up that often, but that is a much better way to determine who should get the higher seed than a random game against Boise State because you're at least comparing something the two teams did against each other And it's way more fun because we can actually sit around and care about aggregate points and it's not just a win-win, you know, if you win by one, it's not as good as winning by 10 points or something like that. So that is a much better way to handle tiebreakers and I'm curious as to when the Mountain West will hire me to fix everything that's wrong with the conference. I'm back. Okay, so (laughs) I will, you're going to be shocked at this. You're you're going to be speechless at this. I've always agreed with you on how stupid that tiebreaker is because it makes no sense when you start going back through the teams. It makes you're not in the same game. It's not the same matchup. It could be the beginning of the year, the beginning conference, the end of conference. You could have injuries. Who, who knows why? You know, you split with Boise and they swept them. Who cares? So I'll say, if you want to do aggregate points, that it's far better. You could probably come up with literally off the top of your head ten different better ways than they do it now. Not even just points, do. Do uh, fewest points allowed, or what? I don't know what. I mean, I don't really care. But the but the tiebreaker, if it's UNLV and New Mexico, or whoever, it should be based on those two teams against each other. Like the way they've done it, I've, I'm with you. I've always thought that's completely stupid. I mean, because so much happens, you know, throughout the course of a conference season, depending on who you play and when and who they are that it should have nothing to do with it's head-to-head in terms of who you're going against for a higher seed. Why should San Diego State or Utah State have anything to do with where you, you and be in New Mexico seeded? It doesn't make any sense at all. It's, yeah, it's tough. It's a, and again, the Mountain West, they, they didn't invent this. This is something that's fairly common across college yes, basketball, right. and not even just college basketball. It happens with other sports seedings as well. It's just, to me, a dumb way to do it because aggregate points to me is, is a way to, to figure this out. But I'd even be fine if you just did like total like net points over the course of the entire season so like uh, you, you know UNLV played uh 18 Mountain West games let's say UNLV was outscored by a total of 18 
15 points over their Mountain West games, and Fresno State was outscored. They're minus 25 as their point differential. Well, UNLV gets the seed because they're, they have a better point differential. That, to me, is a better way than just comparing what they did against San Diego State, Utah State, or Boise State, or something like that. There's a lot of ways to do this better than what the Mountain West does, and I'd like to see them get a little bit more fun and creative with their tiebreakers because it's, you know, not dumb. How can you expect any conference that would COVID test at 5.45 a.m. <laughs> to have the correct kind of tiebreakers? I don't know who you think you're dealing with here. But I tell you seen what, enough Ed, in the last few weeks to know the tiebreaker is not good either. The tiebreaker this year should have been the least amount of positive COVID tests. <laughs> yes, yes. That should, that should have been, honestly, that should have been how they seeded the whole season, the whole conference oh. tournament. Just who had the least amount of COVID positives you get the one seed, yes. and we'll seed down from there. Yeah. UNLV might have gotten like the nine or the ten seed this oh, year. Oh, the they, they would have they would have been down near the end with that long pause they had. <laughs> so it's not good. I that, that honestly makes about as much sense as hey, what was your record against Boise State this year? That's how we're going to determine who gets yeah. the tiebreaker between UNLV and Fresno State. So I'm just here to fix the Mountain West seedings and tiebreakers and any other problems they have because. Uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I do, Ed. I fix things. I come in. I'm like Oprah and Prince Harry. They yeah, need something. Exactly. They need help with something. They need a fix. Yeah. I come in, and I'm here to help yeah. out. You, them, and Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, me. Yes. I I am Oprah. The Mountain West yeah. is Netflix and Prince Harry. That is the analogy that we are going with for the rest of the day. All right, coming up next, we're going to be joined by Kevin E. Martin. So far. Our guests are 0 for 2 today on explaining to us what the hell happened with Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, and Oprah yesterday. Oh. Kevin, he's the last hope. What were you going to say, Jared? I was going to say, all right, so let's reveal. I thought Ryan Wallace would be like, I he I went all in on Ryan Wallace. You went yeah. all in on... Grimala. I thought this would be Grimala paying attention to pop culture while eating his sad turkey. Ed, do you want to go all in on Kevin E. Martin? Well, she's the last one we're going for, so yeah, I'll go all in. No, no, I'm saying no. You can if you if you abstain, you um, you, you just get to keep your I chips, saw, man. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I saw her at the race, and when I was done writing and leaving, I'm this is this is high into Intel stuff here. The Channel Eight truck was still in the media lot, which lends me to believe she had to do some live shots and didn't get oh. home for the interview. So I will go with she pulls more of her Gramala and Wallace and not know what we're talking about. Yeah, that, that's good intel yeah. because when I asked her to come on the show, I, I asked her 7.30 and she said I got to be at the racetrack until midnight. So oh, that, that, that's no good chance. intel. She has All right. Twitter. Coming up next, <laughs> we'll find out how much Kevin e. Martin knows about the royal family. Drivers, start your engines. Let's go. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. <clears throat> Joining us now is Kevin Martin. Kevin, how are you this morning? Hello, Kevin. Hey, guys. I am wonderful. How are you doing? All right. We have an important <laughs> question. We've got to see if you can save the show today and join Ed. Oh can <laughs> you yeah oh yeah absolutely can you explain to us why people were angry after oprah interviewed Meghan merkel and prince harry yesterday 
Okay, full disclosure, I got off work late last night, and I have not watched the interview yet. I did see parts of it on Twitter, so I can't give an educated answer on this. Um, the parts I did see, I – so wait, you're saying people are upset with Oprah? No, 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 not with Oprah. No, just, no, 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 no. People, I just, I, I have no idea what happened. I have no context for this at all. I just saw I random do. people on Twitter tweeting angrily. Ed watched the whole damn thing, and we've just been asking all of our guests this morning if they can sum up what happened. Oh, okay. Well, if people are tweeting angrily, I totally, the clips I saw, you know, angered me. You didn't, wait, you didn't see any of it? <laughs> I mean, I saw some random tweets about people being angry, but I have... I have. I didn't know that they weren't a part of the royal family anymore until Ed filled me in on that this morning. So I had no clue what was happening yesterday. Yeah. So basically, I'm, what the gist that I saw is that they kind of filled Oprah in on why they left the royal family and kind of exiled themselves. And the reasons, the little clips that I saw, and the reasons that they left. Um, wow. Like eye-opening. The re like repulsive, honestly. Like you, you just have to watch it. It's it's kind of like, wait, this is 2021 and we're still dealing with this stuff. It's crazy. It's it's actually really sad to be honest. She hit it okay. out of the park. She, she okay. She nailed it. She nailed Does it. Does that so that we're counting that one, even though she admitted yeah, she hasn't yeah, watched yeah. it yet? She seems to yeah. be up to date on yeah. what actually happened. Okay. Well, okay. All right. Yeah, because on, I let think me, what you, let me retract yeah. the part that I did see. I did. See entire interview but the parts the clips that i did see on twitter as i was getting ready for bed i was like are you kidding me right now like this is actually happening so yes yeah. so i didn't see yeah. the entire interview but even the small parts i was like wow no that was my you, reaction you hit it on the head because it's just the it was just the pathetic just you know dated archaic stuff about race within you know the royal family and what they thought now because most of the stuff people aren't going to get mad at because, you know, this just in, there are weird people who don't like you to talk. So, like, that stuff, like, you're like, yeah, I could see that. They're completely weird people shut, you know, shut in in this castle. You don't say anything. No one ever, you always know comment. Like Prince Harry said, everything's a no comment. Like, you don't comment on anything. But the race stuff really is what people, you know, rightly so, just enrage people. Because, like, even, you know, you people who have been around forever, we're in this weird family, you should be a little more progressive than that. Exactly. And I think, I mean, Oprah killed the interview as Oprah does. I mean, her pace, uh, the, the part that I saw, I mean, it was incredible. But even the part that I saw when they started to talk about race and it even yeah. caught Oprah off guard. And she was like, yeah. what? Like, she didn't even have a reaction. That's how shocking it was. She was like, what? So, yeah, okay. it was. But I will watch so. the entire interview tonight and I will get back to you on that, Tyler. <laughs> okay, perfect. So just just so we have our groups in, together, it's Ed and Kevin in one group, and then me, Jared, Mike Gramala, and Ryan Wallace in yes. the other group, as I, not having any idea what's going. Uh, on. Hey, wait, I, you're wait, you're telling me Mike Gramala didn't watch this? Wow, he didn't have a clue. That, that, he didn't have a clue. Shocking. Right? Yeah. I thought he would have watched it too. Was that was my bet. Some food. <laughs> um Kevin, have you successfully gotten reggie a credential for a golden knights game no and how disappointing is that i thought it would be a lot easier i mean i really sold him i mean he's well behaved he definitely gets excited um he'd probably eat all of the press food but that's okay i mean there's people in the media that do that so <laughs> <laughs> Wow, shade at Cassie Soto. 
Jeez. Jeez. Uh, me included. Just... Me included. I don't turn now, down free food. <laughs> I'm I'm no. I'm behind in this bit, but does Reggie have a nickname that ends in Y? Because if you give him that, then he's got a better chance of getting in the press box. His name is Ooh. Reggie, Ed. It's already there. Who, who's? No. Can you update? Is who's Reggie? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't answer. Don't answer. Don't answer. Ed, guess who Reggie is. Who do you think Reggie is? Oh, that's a dangerous question. I don't know who that could be. I don't. I'm not even going to go down that road. I just think if he's excited and he can tweet nicknames, he should be in the press box. I mean, Wait, that's kind of that's kind of the. the standard no all right we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have an answer here ed i just this makes this makes it so much better because i had no clue that while i was describing reggie that ed did not know who reggie was (laughs) (laughs) and i'm over here saying he's well behaved he will eat all your food (laughs) what all right there's an obvious answer and an out-of-the-box answer i'm going out of the box is this your boyfriend I have no idea. What's your boyfriend's name? Wow. I don't know these things. Okay, so I'm just going to get... I'm gonna, I know you don't want me to tell him, Tyler, but I have to at this point. Go ahead. Go yes. ahead. Yeah, no, yes. no. Reggie is my dog. Okay, so that, that was the easy answer, even though, you know, I, I, maybe you say your boyfriend's well-behaved, too. The well-behaved thing should have brought me down that road, but I said, they're trying to trick me here and say the boy... And if it's the boyfriend, you want me to say an, uh, the dog so you would try to trick me, so I tried to go reverse co- psychology on you people. No, so Reggie, named after Reggie Miller, um, he goes way back on Tyler's show. Actually, my first appearance on Tyler's show, Reggie was literally, I think it was the second day I had him. So he like, he came to the uh, interview with me. So they know all about Reggie. And I've been trying to get him a credential because, I mean, he's just cool. And um, so far, not so good. Phenomenal work, by the way, to describe Reggie without saying he's a dog and confuse Ed (laughs) and hopefully a lot of other people as well. Um, I have an important question for you. Another one. Was Derek Carr wearing matching outfits with his kids yesterday? He was, and it was the cutest thing I have ever seen. I was like, that's adorable. (laughs) So... Are you dressing up Reggie in a matching outfit with yourself at any point in time? <laughs> totally. If I if, see, I'm not that cool. Reggie's like the coolest. <laughs> is like the coolest, coolest. I'm like trying to get on his level. So um, once I get on his level, I will. But yeah, he totally was rocking matching outfits yesterday, which I thought was awesome. I, I have to hand it to the kid. Uh, he got pretty fired up. I mean, if you're going to do that and you only have like one line to say, uh, I gave him some credit. He got fired. He, he seemed to scare his own kids who kind of like took a step back when he when he started screaming. So I gave him credit. He was actually pretty fired up. Right? I was impressed. I was like, yeah. all right, here we go. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is that what? Is, what does the Grand Marshal do? All the Grand Marshal does is say, start your engines. There's nothing yeah, else. Yeah, gentlemen, that start your engines. Yeah. That's there's, there's no... There's nothing else. He just shows up, gets a microphone, well, says one sentence, and he's now, gone. I, I should say, in the past, 
Most grand marshals have been available for the media afterwards for whatever reason. There was no media availability. They brought that kid on a kid in a helicopter. He said the words and he was back on the copter within two seconds. The reason being, I'm sure, is COVID. But uh, you know, I think you could have made him available on a Zoom. Well, we'll go beyond that. Uh, the complaints of the media for the grand marshal of a NASCAR race. Very important. Very important. All right, Kevinny, the Golden yes. Knights. If they don't win the Stanley Cup, how big of a disappointment is this this year? Uh, I mean, I think it's a huge disappointment. Cup in four, right? I mean, oh, we're pushing it back every year. <laughs> yeah, I think the, ha the hashtag has changed every year. But um, yeah, I mean, they assembled this this team that is built for for a Stanley Cup run. So I think it's a huge disappointment if they don't come through this year. Kevin, uh, huge disappointment. UNLV loses to Air Force on. Uh, what, oh, is that, is that, yeah. What, what's like a bigger disappointment? What, is there is there a bigger disappointment <laughs> than that? Um, def oh, God, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's a. I. I hope that's an easy win at the end of the day. I don't know though. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's a good question. Ed. you kind of stumped me on that one. <laughs> oh, did you did you call any of the Lady Rebel games this year? I did. I called, um, I think, four games. So it's tough because it has to be during my off days, Wednesday, Thursday, and they have to be home. So um, I think four games worked out in my favor this year. Uh, they were really good on the road. So did they lose all four games you called and you were the reason why? No. They, you know what was funny is they started, I, I think they won every single game I called. Wow. So every single oh, game wow. that they won. I was. I called. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did I miss something? And this team goes went undefeated. They went four and zero with you and undefeated on the road. When did they ever lose a game? Every other uh, home they, game that I mean, Kevin didn't say, call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they had a slower start, but yeah, man, they picked it up at the end of the season. That was impressive. Oh, yeah, Kevin she uh, she did a great job as uh, her first year as a coach. Didn't she? I mean, you know, Stanford. She had a good uh, good resume for being at great places under great coaches, but. Man, she obviously did a really, really good job her first year. Yeah, I really, really like Coach LaRock. I mean, I was so impressed. I mean, you have a first-year coach taking over a program, young team, and they bought into her system from day one. She commanded that program, and I love her coaching style. Her enthusiasm is infectious on the bench. I mean, you just watch her, and she's just dialed in from tip until the clock hits zero. Um, she's special. She's really special, I think. You know, UNLV has hold on to her because, um, I mean, now she's on the radar as one of the top coaches, young coaches now. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, UNLV definitely has a special coach in Wendy LaRock. Is she younger than you? She is. No, I think she's a year older. Or oh, two. okay. You got you to get into this coaching business. You just need one year and you can be Mountain West Coach of the Year, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Next year? Sure how old is she? I don't have any idea. I just I know she's one of the youngest coaches in women's college basketball, but I don't actually know what her actual age is, so I'm not sure. She she finished Stanford in 2012. That's all I've got right now. Okay. Oh, so yeah, she's like 30, years maybe. Older. Maybe year older. Yeah, I mean 2012. Add nine. I mean she can't be more than early 30s at the at the oldest. Yeah. Exactly. Come on, come on Kevin. Get on it. You got to be Mountain West Coach of the Year <laughs> I next season. I can't do math. <laughs> oh, coaching wise? No. Yeah, yeah. Let's no, go. No, no. Yeah. I was basketball. Well, bats I have the easy. Most respect for. 
Oh, man. All right, Kevin. Well, good luck getting Reggie a credential. And uh, I hope every time you explain him to anybody, you don't tell them that they're a dog at first. Just say he's well-behaved. I, I have a potential solution for this, by the way. So Ed recently admitted to um, juging up some uh, some special jerseys for his uh, Shih Tzu so that he could, uh, he could pass it off as a service animal. What we do with Reggie... To get him <laughs> in the press box. Ed'll send you a link. Ed'll send you a link. I'll send you a link to the uh I'll send you a link for one of those sweaters from the armory. Uh take about four paychecks that you have. Uh you might be able to have enough and uh yeah, you can buy yourself a jersey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that you guys are on board and you're really committed you to helping me get Reggie a credential. This Darn is like right. awesome. Listen, there's nothing I want more in the press box than a dog. So absolutely, if we can get Reggie in the press box, it'll be phenomenal. If you, can, right. if you can get him on the Zoom call, that's all I want. It's like, all right, and then we're going to Reggie. Am I just looking at a dog, guys? Oh. All right, Kevin, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Always fun. You, you know, oh. here's the thing. You, you completely set me up there. I tried to go reverse psychology because when she said he's well-behaved, I'm like, that's got to be the dog. But when you said, hey, let's see who you think it is, I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just go boyfriend there because maybe he's a well-behaved, maybe he's a well-behaved guy. I don't know who he is. It could have been her I've, cousin, too, like her yeah. like her, her yeah. little nephew or something. Could have been, yeah, exactly. Could have been a nephew, well-behaved kid. No, you, but, but you're like, your options in your mind were dog <laughs> or boyfriend. <laughs> I'm going to say you you did well because you guessed boyfriend and it was actually dog. If it was actually boyfriend and you guessed dog, it would have looked a lot worse. Yeah, see, you. that's what I thought you were setting me up for. <laughs> that's why I said boyfriend. I thought you were setting me up that I would call the boyfriend a dog. You're like, oh, Ed, how could you do that? How, why would you do that? Poor Kevin, why would you say that? So I went the other way. <laughs> So you did well, even though you got it wrong. <laughs> you did well with your two options to come out on top, even though you were completely off base with exactly. who Reggie was. All right, coming up Man. next, it's the dessert menu, where we're going to completely ignore anything good that ever happened to the Dodgers. Let's end the show with something sweet. This is the dessert menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. Western Sydney Wanderers beat Western United 1-0 over the weekend. This has been the Dessert Menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com. We're in third that place. Uh, that's, what, that's not what we were looking for there. We're in third place, Ed. Uh, we're, only, we're eight points off the top. Central Coast Mariners are leading the league with their nice stadium, according to Ed Graney. But Western yeah, Sydney beautiful. Wanderers. Third place this year. Even better, though. Sydney FC, eighth place out of 12 teams in the Australian A-League. Yeah, that's not what I wanted to talk about. But but our friend Stephen from Australia did, did send me a nice uh, nice photo of another stadium uh, with the ocean behind it as, as your backdrop. So very nice-looking stadiums there. But you know that's not what I wanted to talk I about. I think that yeah. nice stadium was in New Zealand, Ed. Was it? I, I don't know. It, it looked good. Yeah, it looked I mean, it was yeah. in New Zealand. I mean, I think you, I think Australia and New Zealand are kind of just known as like beautiful places. So if you put a stadium there, they're gonna be beautiful. Yeah, it's a uh, it's gorgeous, Stephen. But uh, this is not the dessert I wanted. So this is the dessert. This, uh, no. but this yeah, is no. Yeah, this is no. This is the dessert you need. No, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah, say. Keep, it. 
No, no, I'm just gonna say, no, Trevor, Bauer, no. Trevor Bauer pitched a shutout <laughs> inning with one eye closed. One eye closed. He pitched a shutout inning against the dreaded Padres with one eye closed. And you know why he did it? Just because. Just because. He's so good, he's now closing his eyes. So, Tyler, uh, <laughs> Iowa retired Luca Garza's uh, jersey. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, wait, wait. I have another Australia take that oh, I discovered okay. over the weekend. I'm glad that um, none of us have planned this. <laughs> oh, no. I, I plan to not let Ed talk about Trevor Bauer. That was That's the only plan that's happening here. Um, did you guys know in Australia, they have five time zones. And the uh, eastern, or I should say the westernmost time zone and the centralmost time zones, they're not separated by just an hour. They're separated by an hour and a half. That's that seems plausible. So, like, imagine we live in the Pacific time zone. You go over to the mountain time zone, and instead of being an hour ahead, they're an hour and a half ahead. What in the hell are they doing over there? Isn't this the same yeah. principle that, like, if you leave Japan at 7 p.m. on, like, a Friday, you'll land on the in New York at like 6 p.m. on Friday because no, of, that like, is not the same principle at all. That's just how time zones work when you travel across the country. Yes. This is for some reason a country decided not to put all their time zones on the same hour. They put some of them I, on the half hour instead. I don't think that you get to decide that. I think that like Greenwich decides that. I don't think. What are you talking? Arizona just decides to not recognize daylight savings time. I don't but think there's. There's a clock guy in Greenwich, England that just determines what the time is I on every location this. in the world. And There's not one guy there. He does that job doesn't exist. Australia gets to decide what their time zones are. And they decided when it's 6 p.m. one place, it's going to be 7.30 somewhere else in the country. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Also, there's five time zones and only two of them recognize daylight savings time. Why the hell only two of them? Why not all five? How confused must these people be about time of day? Like, I mean, you like you like drive down to the store and you cross the line. It's like, wait, I just left at two. Now it says it's two o two thirty, and I just went down the street. I mean, that is very strange. I mean, I look why do they forward... make it so? We got to ask Stephen. Why are they making it so difficult? Well, I look forward to him explaining to this when he wakes up in an hour and a half or something like that. Um, but I am, I am fairly certain my limited knowledge of Australia. The central part of the country, where it's an hour 30 ahead of the western part of the country, I'm pretty sure nobody lives there. I'm pretty sure this is where it's wildlife. But so it's like the kangaroos are out here an hour and a half ahead of all the people. And the aboriginal people probably are the only people that would live out there. But Did they want it to be a half hour ahead? Were they trying to differentiate themselves? Well, it's also one of those places that, that I assume time isn't that big of a deal. Like, it's just like everything wants to kill you. There's giant bouncing. So then just like, keep it on the hour. Don't make no, it the half hour then. It's, it's, nobody, I bet they don't even have a watch. Well, according Jeez. to you, there's a guy in Greenwich, England. I'm still looking at that them, up. That's mad at them because he determines what time it is everywhere in the world. Hey, like, you I'll think tell there's you what, some I, family that passes we, this tradition we are down. Doing our, we, yeah. we are doing our level best, Ed, to keep this out of the Dodgers. Well, no, I... <laughs> I don't know who uh, I don't know who he is, but the guy in Greenwich, England, knows a lot more about Markle than the our guests did today. So <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he knows all about that interview. Still awaiting word from the palace on what they thought about it.
he doesn't have time to worry about that interview, Ed, because he's got to figure out what time it is in the middle of Australia <laughs> and why they get to be an hour 30 ahead instead of just a regular hour ahead and why some countries and states and regions have daylight savings time and some don't. This guy doesn't exist, though. Oh, man. Did we kill off enough time, Jared? How much longer do I have to go until we keep Ed from talking about the Dodgers? No, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about them, but I hear the music. I'll leave you with this, guys. And this is what you want every day of the week. I have to bleep it. The tweet, the tweet uh, on, uh, let's see, on my column from a, a guy who really likes it. Who gives a bleep what Ed says? What does he know about venues and insurance right now? Hey, Ed, you ever promote an event? Doubtful. Stick to writing those bleepy columns. That's what you want every day. All, 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 all the people liking what you do. Who gives a bleep about what Ed says? Yeah. I like this guy. Get to Twitter and follow him immediately. Yep, this is a good <laughs> listener. I like this guy. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be our sharp one day. Oh, he won't even God. give us a pick. He'll just yeah, he'll just what, say bleep getting, you to Ed. He's not getting a mulligan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, he's getting all the mulligans, Ed. He's coming back every day. Every <laughs> single day, he's back. Uh, 